the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring male-female balance, a key to evolution. The differences and potential synergy amongst men and women is a fascinating topic. When men and women honor their differences, blending their skills and viewpoints, true magic happens. The same is true of male-female balance and cooperation within each individual. As we move into an age supporting unity, never has it been more important to find the balance between genders within and without in order to embrace our potential as individuals and as a race. Yet, we're currently far from that balance, and some of the inequities are quite surprising. In past years, there's been much attention on women's equal rights, and strides have been made in that direction. As the pendulum swings from polarization against feminine equality, we now find ourselves unwittingly polarized against male equality. Some laws actually put our men at an extreme disadvantage, in a position to be exploited and abused, with no recourse. With this hour to help unearth the hidden inequity and explore male-female balance and synergy is the author of Daughters of Feminism, David Shackleton. David is a thinker and writer on gender and psychological growth. He served as an editor and publisher of Canada's gender equalism magazine, Every Man, a men's journal. David has also organized annual conferences across Canada. His original models of gender cooperation and and codependence and psychological growth have formed the foundation of numerous self-discovery workshops and events. His website, genderhealing.com. David, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you, Gwilda. How did you first become interested in gender issues? Well, I got interested in an interesting way. Um, my first marriage, which was back in 1987, um, ended when my wife left me, but she did so by telling me she was taking our dog to the vet. We had no kids. I guess she wanted the dog. And then she called me up and said, I've left you. And uh, I, I asked her, well, why did you do it that way? Why didn't you talk to me? I didn't even know you were thinking about ending our marriage. And she said, I was afraid you'd be violent. Hmm. And that really shook me. It was like, what on earth are you seeing when you look at me? I haven't been violent in my adult life. So that was a wake-up call. And I, I, I looked around in the culture and I saw that the story out there was about male violence against women. It was about male perpetration and female victimization. And I thought, this is not a complete story. This is not a balanced story. And I got interested in how come we could have a story like that uh, and not see through it. How was it maintaining itself? What, what is your educational background? Well, I'm an, uh, a physicist by, uh, by degree, by university training. But my, my work was uh, electronic engineering for 20 years. Um, and then I left uh, that and I got interested in, uh, in you know, in, in culture, in psychology and understanding what's going down in society. And I ended up being fascinated by gender. How did gender roles evolve? Well, I think gender roles evolved fairly simply from our biological heritage, which, and principally, of course, uh, reproductive differences. And the the fact that women give birth and uh, and breastfeed the babies, um, and you know, even when they're children, historically, just 
naturally tied them to a child care role. And so men were outside of the of the home doing hunting and uh, and, and as warriors and so the you know the, the provision the provider role for men the protector role for men developed naturally the nurturer role for women developed naturally out of our reproductive differences. Do you think that these these roles developed naturally around uh, like our physiology developed around the role? Or did our roles develop around the physiology? I mean, there's a lot of hormones and everything involved there. Well, I think the roles came first. If you look into the into the animal, sorry, I, I think the biology is the determining thing. If you look in the animal kingdom, you see the same kind of thing: biology driving um, role behavior in uh, you know in in most species. Yeah, and each each gender has very different ways in the world, don't they? Yes. That's right. Just, just naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the balance of power between, now we're talking humans again, men and women historically? Right. So I think there has been a genuine balance of power, but it's been different. Um, and the, the, the nature of male power has been that it's tended to be over it and so much more easily visible. Uh, I, I developed a model of three forms of male power and three forms of female power. And so the three forms of male power, we're pretty familiar with them. They're physical because of male's greater strength and military and so on. Um, economic, the provider role, and political. Um, and But then women's have three roles, uh, power roles, and those are moral, emotional, and sexual. And they're less visible, they're less kind of um, automatically noticeable. So the moral power is the power to say what's right and wrong. And that, that's the biggest one. That's like uh, men's physical power. The emotional one is, is a provider role. It's, it's like men's provider role. It's, you know, women have tended to do the emotional work in relationship. The grieving, the saying I love you, the, you know, just, just paying attention to the emotional dynamic. Um, and finally, the sexual role, the sexual power comes from being the one that gets to say no, the one that is pursued. Um, and that, of course, comes out of women's, the fact that, you know, for the longest time, sex was a much bigger risk for women because of pregnancy than it was for men. And so they had much more at stake. And so they were the ones who had to be persuaded. So I think those powers have balanced um, throughout history in, in different ways. Uh, and so we've been genuinely equal. But now uh, it's viewed that they're imbalanced. Uh, what's, what's that about? Well, I think that's about a number of things. But one of them is what I said about the fact that men's power roles have been out in the world. Um, and so they're much more readily recognizable as power. Um, the second thing is that women tend not to feel their power. Men. Um, men do. Men experience themselves as powerful in their, you know, dominance hierarchies and so on. Um, women don't. Women um, don't experience the same feeling of power. Uh, and that's why my model talks about codependent power roles, because when you're codependent, you don't always feel your power. Would you um, mind describing what you mean by codependence? Yes, codependence is where two people, typically two people, are in a relationship in which each feels that the other has the power that matters. It doesn't even have to be two people. Codependence is also a model for like the relationship between an addict and, and say, alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but the key thing about codependence is that each one sees the other as having the, the significant power. So if you take a sort of a stereotypical example, it might be that, um, a, a wife who nags her husband and she feels like he's determining her behavior because, you know, he's he's not attentive or he doesn't listen to her or whatever. And the only thing she can do is is get on his case again and again. But he feels that the reason that he's not listening is because she's on his case all the time and going on and on. So it's like each feels that the other one is determining their behavior. That's mm, that's mm -hmm. that's. That's codependence. They give okay, each so it sounds, sounds like a lack of account, personal accountability. Absolutely, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. A lack of personal empowerment, of feeling one's power. Yeah, being victimized. And how much is guilt, not by wanting to be the guilty party, part of that? Oh, it's a big part of that, of course. Yeah. And when, uh, where did the guilt come from, you know? Oh, what are we running is, from? <laughs> are we running from? Well, I mean, guilt is a loss of status, you know. I think that's the main thing, is that when we're guilty, we're inferior. You know, we've screwed up. We've messed up. We've, um, we're not... We've not done what we should, and so we lose status. You know, there was an interesting thing that went on during the uh, uh, the war when um, the women had to start working in the factories because all the men were over fighting the war. Right. And it was, you know, Molly Riveter and the whole thing, and, you know, it was seen as a different level of women's power, and they got a lot of kudos for that. And then when the men yes. came home, they had to change the story so that the women would go back to the home and give the men their jobs back. How much did that play a part in this imbalance we perceive? Well, I think that was a particular moment in time, but it was, I agree that it was significant. I'm actually researching for a book that I'm uh, wanting to write about what happened in the 60s. And I think that, you know, that, that uh, situation that you just described fed into what happened in the 60s. And what happened, you know, that, that's when our whole gender not just gender, a whole identity politics um, pattern came into being in the form it has now. And it's very interesting because if you look at what Martin Luther King was saying in the 60s, it was a very healthy thing. It was um, visionary. We're, I'm sorry, we're going, to have, we're going to have to pick up on what happened in the 60s on the other side of a short pause. David and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show. Coming to you on the X-Stone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games 
No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is David Shackleton, his website, genderhealing.com. So, David, tell us, what happened in the 60s? Well, it's very interesting. Uh, What happened was that we started with a really healthy... uh, identity movement led by Martin Luther King, who was uh, basically asking for collaboration between whites and blacks to achieve the vision of gender equality. If you've ever, if you've never seen his I Have a Dream speech, it is beautiful. Uh, I do recommend that you watch it on YouTube. Um, But anyway, he was, he was assassinated in 1968, just about exactly 50 years ago. And what we were left with and have had ever since was a, a grievance-based um, movement uh, that's essentially accusatory and not collaborative at all. Um, so, you know, we've, we've seen essentially a, I would say, a dysfunctional gender politics and identity politics movement hold sway in society for the last 50 years, one that is essentially about finger-pointing and moral superiority. So what is gender politics? What is gender politics? Oh, mm-hmm. It's the, the politics of gender, and gender is the business of social power. So, so we're talking about the business of social power around gender. Mm. How much is that impacted by, um, say, the media and the roles that are um, portrayed through uh, movies and advertising? And Well, I think it's affected a lot, but I would see, see those more as effects of the basic psychology than as drivers of the movement. So, And I think the basic psychology comes out of our gender history that we were talking about earlier. Um, Women were the protected class. Uh, they were necessary. They were the key to to um, physical, you know, re- genetic reproduction of the children, and so they had to be protected. And that's how come they were so valuable. And uh, so you develop empathy for the protected group. You develop compassion because that drives the protection. But you don't develop compassion for the protector because then. You, you won't let him do his job. He's, he can't put himself at risk. And so we have greater compassion for women because of that. Um, and, and because on, on the other side, because of women's um, moral power, uh, less accountability, less ability to hold women accountable. They're seen as the, uh, the ones who are not powerful. So essentially what we need to evolve to real gender balance is accountability for women and compassion for men. So men have difficulty connecting with their compassion and holding up their role of protector? Yes, indeed. But not just men, uh, of course. This is women as well have difficulty having compassion for men in general. Why do you suppose that is? Well, I think it comes back to what I was saying, that they've been the ones that were disposable. They were the warriors. Uh, they were the protectors. Uh, they were the ones that went out and did the work that was needed to be done, but was, you know, quite dangerous. Uh, and so you don't develop compassion for those people. If you do, it's hard to have them do those jobs. Mm-hmm. So things are changing, though. We're no longer in a hunter-gatherer society, um, and not all of us have to go to war. I'd like to see it where nobody had to go to war, but women are also being part of the, the military now. How are our roles needing to adjust to keep up with the times? 
Well, I think that what we've seen um, happening for women is the sign of the future, that women have moved out of being only in a domestic role and uh, moved into the roles in the outer world. We need to see the same happen for men, um, that they move out of only a uh, role in the outer world and move into the domestic role. But um, I see that as being more stalled. We're still seeing, I mean, we're still seeing women as the primary parent, for instance, in family court disputes where, where both parents want, want custody, we basically give the children to the mom and put and stick the father in that traditional provider role. Yeah, it's it's isn't that changing some, I hope. Well, I I hope too. I mean, we're seeing more fathers I think staying at home. Um, but it, there's still a lot of stigma associated with that where there is for the women. Um, I'd like to see it change a lot more quickly. And there's still a lot of gatekeeping by the women who who want to be the primary parent, you know, who don't want to have when the two-year-old falls over, he runs across the room and says, Daddy, Daddy. Women who experience that feel like they've lost something when they're not the primary one. How much is that driven by uh, hormonal um, issues? Oh, I really don't know. Yeah, that's, I that's mean, a I, huge question, isn't it? It is. Um, I think that obviously there are some biology pieces, but, you know, we've in our gender work so far, we've said, well, those things don't really matter. Let's set a vision, and I agree with that. Let's set a vision of equality, where we want to offer opportunities to everybody, every gender, to be, to take on whatever role they want, and then let's let it roll out the way it does. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have had um, the amazing privilege of working with some very well-balanced um, and understanding men. Um, my producer, my son, and my son and I were in business together. And when the two of us come together, equal but different, just magic happens. Yeah. How, how can we, you know, could you speak to that a little bit? How can we support, the, our differences are our differences, and that can be our strengths if we come together with them. Yes, indeed it can. Um, and, and I agree with you that magic happens when women and men are honored and uh, their differences are embraced. Uh, it's, it seems to be difficult to do at a social level. Um, I think it's, you know, we're still a fairly tribal people and we're still, you know, get involved very readily in the us and them thing, othering people, othering difference. Uh, so, yeah, I think the basic, the basic task is for us to grow up a bit. I mean, weren't we designed to work together rather than to be at odds? Well, I mean, evolution says we weren't designed at all. You know, evolution is how things happen, how we get increased functional complexity without a designer. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we were designed at all, but certainly it seems to me that evolution has selected for um, societies where men and women cooperate well together. I think that's how we got women developed the moral power in that there was a vacuum. There was a power vacuum historically, I imagine. I mean, this is this is speculation, not not archaeology. But I imagine that, you know, with men as the warriors, you have a situation where you have people who can completely dominate through physical strength. Um, and so what does evolution do with that? Well, I think it, it creates um, a countervailing power and the the way that we control warriors is through an honor code, and women were the holders of the honor code. I think we're still in that place. Women are the controllers of men's honor. And unfortunately, what we're seeing in gender politics in the last 50 years is a general shaming of men. That's um, really regrettable, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, it is absolutely regrettable. Yeah, so how do, you, how do you see us stepping away from that? How, how can we correct that? Yeah, that's a huge question. Um, I, I don't see us doing it quickly at the social level, at the societal level. I think we're going to have to come face to face with how much harm we've done by the way we're proceeding. We'll have to, you know, fail pretty spectacularly, I think. But as individuals, we can certainly do that. We can certainly choose to 
see each other in a visionary collaborative way and look for opportunities to work together and and not do the moral superiority us and them thing i think that that's as, as individuals we can grow ourselves up isn't that where it has to start really though i think it does of course yeah. yes indeed yeah. and there are you know there are a lot of people who are seeing that uh, you know the the book that i just published daughters of feminism is the stories of 30 women about honoring men, about seeing the legitimacy of men's issues and the good that men have done in the world and uh, telling that story, how they how they came to see that in their lives. And I published that because I want men to to hear those stories from women. There are, that there are women who are genuinely honoring men. You know, when I when I read those stories for the first time, many of them made me cry you know they were mm -hmm. they were so moving to because men these days don't get a whole lot of that certainly not on the public in the public domain yeah it seems like a, you know a couple of rotten apples spoil the whole batch in that i know uh, a lot of women like myself absolutely honor and appreciate uh, the masculine and what they do to provide and protect and, and how gallant they are um, and the difficulties of having to take that role over the generations. But then we have a few reactionary people in both genders that uh, start pointing the finger, and that can be very, very damaging, can't it? Well, it can, but I, I'm afraid I don't agree with you that it's just a few. I mean, you know, this is mainstream culture right now. We have, if, however many it is, they ha their voice has held sway, and so uh, they are controlling the academy, essentially, you know, the university's environment. We're going to have to pick up on this on the other side of another short pause. David and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. 
It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org. We're bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is David Shackleton, his website, genderhealing.com. David, I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, we're talking about how starting within each individual is really the place that we're going to have to go to to shift this uh, imbalance that we're all enjoying or not enjoying. Mm. Um, But how about finding male-female balance within ourselves? Yeah, that's an important place to start. And uh, I, I agree with you that the uh, that's probably the best place for it, for us to start. My own experience has been that in the last few years, I've experienced myself as developing what I think of as my feminine um, archetypal side. And a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of feeling loving and expressing um, love towards people. And yeah, and, and that feels like a balancing of, of me as an individual. Um, but, you know, it's, I'm 65 years old. You know, it's, I think it's, uh, it, it comes late to us often um, because we do still uh, not so much expect. I think, I think that, you know, there's a story in the culture about balance. And, and, um, but somehow life seems to seems to separate us and uh, and push men in one direction and women in another. You know, we certainly kind of are in a tangle at this point. Um, and I think a lot of people are suffering because of it. Um, don't you? I do, yes. I, I don't think we're in a good space. I think that actually what we're seeing in, around gender in society is is very dark. Um, I don't think it's it's, you know, and it seems to me to be, to be heading down rather than up at in in terms of the the social, but but you know I do believe that um, this is an evolutionary process um, and that uh, in a sense what I've been talking about women's moral power um, and and the fact that we're seeing that being exercised in society around gender um, and and all identity politics. But I think the the long term purpose of this is for us to 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 take women to a place where they are uh, genuinely balanced um, and where they are comfortable with accepting accountability. You know, we have to see that women aren't these innocent creatures that need to be protected no matter what. And the way we'll see that is by seeing that they can abuse power just the way that men can. Um, Except and, it's more hidden. Well, but it's becoming less and less hidden. I mean, have a look at Me Too that's happened in the last year or two, right? That's an exercise of pretty much moral power, women mainly, shaming men on the public stage and destroying lives. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that it's 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 an exercise that's unjust. You Don't know, you we've, think- we've, we've tossed over hundreds of years of development of of legal principles that protect the accused and we're just tossing them out well i think that we'll see as as this goes on uh, i expect that we will see more and more that the dark side of women and that will take them off that moral pedestal and and they'll stand right beside men i 
I believe that that's what these times are bringing, is bringing the true feminine goddess power, the true true feminine, which is not yeah. what we're looking at in, in the shadow. I think that the shadow of woman has developed over the time when we were in a patriarchal time, but that was just a time. That was just a, a frequency that was being supported. Now as it's shifting, don't you think that the this things getting worse, this upheaval, is a result of the old systems failing and bless them to fail? Well, yes, you can certainly look at it that way, and I and I do look at it that way. Yes, we're we're running on on a on a kind of a momentum, but you know, I don't believe that this. I mean, it, it sounds like what you're suggesting is that men had the power historically, and and that men women are stepping forward now. And I don't no, 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 that's, no, that's not what I meant. Mm-mm, no, I just meant that we have been in a time when the more masculine energy, not men, just the more masculine energy has been predominant. And now we're moving into a time when we're moving into a time of balance. So, but as, as you move out of one framework into another, there comes a, comes a time of chaos. And I don't think socially, I'm just talking energetically, where we are in the galaxy, the, the energies we have to work with, that it's coming to a time when we're looking for balance versus polarization. I think you're right. Yes, and if I mean another way we can look at the '60s, if you, is is that there was a great influx of feminine energy. You know, the whole hippie movement, make make you know peace, not war, love, flowers in your hair, like a big feminine energy input into the culture. Um, and yes, we we have to struggle to find what does that, how do we accommodate that, and how do we, how does it actually reach equality with the masculine. Right, and at the same time, that over over the years, a shadow has developed um, from the traditional roles that has women unwittingly uh, being perpetrators and not even knowing it. Yes, I think the big task for women is to become conscious of power, um, and that they are exercising it. Yeah, you know, if, if you don't know you have power, that's when you misuse it the worst, isn't it? It is, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, one of the things that we've overlooked is the way that women's power has been uh, exercised historically for a ver- in a very positive way. Um, and I, I, re- I, I compare this pretty well exactly to, if, if you look at how men have, have contributed to the world. You know, typically it was uh, scientists and explorers and inventors and, and so on. Um, a few men who because of character and discipline and training and intelligence you know scientists and you know people like newton and galileo and so on they contributed huge things that moved our culture forward um well women have done the same thing but in a different area so men men were in the area of knowledge um and women it's in the area of of empathy of of love Women were the child were the primary child raisers, and and most women, just like most men, didn't add much to the to the cultural um, heritage. Most women were, you know, just regular parents. They they treated their children pretty much the way they were treated as as children. But some women, through working on themselves, developed themselves to the point where they were able to love their children more than they were loved when they were children. And that moved the yardsticks forward. You know, there's a, a historian called Lloyd DeMoss who studied childhood. He wrote several books on the history of childhood, and he identified this gradual advance of empathy, and he put it down to the effects of what he called pioneering mothers. And I think this is women's great contribution historically to the world, and it hasn't. that story hasn't really been told. You know, the advance of empathy over the years has resulted in, you know, the, our modern notions of human rights, the ending of slavery, like massive things that I think we can lay at the feet of women as their historical contribution that's every bit as significant as the historical contribution of men. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, and we are seeing more men being able to be more active in the child rearing and uh, more women being active in in politics and and, uh, leadership. So how is this going to impact the children? Do you think that there will be a a bit of a natural adjustment in that the fathers being more uh, present in the child rearing have as much moral input to the children as the mothers do? 
I certainly hope so, yes. I see that that um, differentiation of gendered roles and as a consequence, the differentiation of kind of character traits that we've talked about um, evening out, yes, and all of us becoming more more balanced. You know, we've been conditioned and socialized into the existing roles. How can we start to see beyond that? Well, it's a question of what's our vision? What do we want? You know, one of the things that I'm trying to do is to restart that uh, that identity politics movement that died with Martin Luther King um, into a notion of men and women working together towards a vision of what we both want. And I think that's a powerful vision, this vision of, of relaxing the gender dimorphism and, and moving more towards complete, completeness as individuals. I love the way you put that, because what we, what we focus on <laughs> is what we build. And if we're focusing on what's wrong, we build more wrong. But That's if we right. can come together with a vi- beautiful vision like Martin Luther King had and work towards it, I think magic can happen, don't you? I do. I do. I think that's how it does happen is when we, we trust each other and work with each other and, and share a vision and, and negotiate a vision together. You know, that's what didn't happen um, around gender is, what, you know, we basically had a story of, of women saying, well, this is what's happened to us. But there was no negotiated, um, well-intentioned process for achieving a joint vision. We know our brains work very, very differently, masculine and feminine. I mean, there's a lot more connections between the left and the right hemisphere in women, um, and therefore we think differently. Um, And that makes it difficult to negotiate, to understand, but on the other side of that, you're bringing three times as much to the equation if we can do that. Well, I mean, I think that we can see that as a strength, those differences. I'm I mean, you know, men and women have shared this planet from from the beginning. You know, we've we've built houses and gardens and raised food and children and and loved each other and died for each other, you know, and um, we've proven that we can work together. Mm. Uh, Well, we're going to talk about working together on the other side of another commercial break. David and I will be back shortly, so don't you dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, 
and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. You can email me, email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guest that's on your mind, and I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is David Shackleton, his website, genderhealing.com. So, J- David, what is uh, contemporary identity politics? Oh, well, contemporary identity politics is all of the politics of identity um, as we're seeing it today. So that would include all of the LBGTQ and um, the uh, men and women, the racial politics, um, the politics of basically any transgender, any uh, any identity issue. And as I've been saying, it's uh, I don't think it's really operating in a healthy way. I think it's operating through a kind of a moral superiority grievance process, and I'd love to see that change. So it's polarization, right? It's Very polarization. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's what I would like to see. I think that a, an, a really good, healthy movement should start with gratitude, you know? Should start with us looking into history and saying thank yous. Thank you to men for thousands of years of providing, protecting, building homes, um, developing government, inventing things. And thank you to women for thousands of years of of loving partners, of child raising, of homemaking, of advancing empathy in the world. You know, I think if we start with gratitude, we start in a healthy place and we're ready to work together Gratitude is absolutely huge, and I think, you know, every year I live, and the more I do these interviews and stuff, the, the more profound that's becoming, is without gratitude, we don't accept or enjoy anything. Yeah. It just disappears. Yeah. Yeah, can't make use of it. So how do you see us changing? You know, we've looked at the history and how we got to this point, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still not sure how we got to this sad state of polarized affairs between the genders, um, but how... How do you see the future unfolding in gender relationships? Well, I think that there's two pieces to that. And one of them is the individual and the other one is the communal. Um, The communal, let's start with the individual. You know, I think individuals are basically responsible for their own lives. And I've seen individuals turn around, turn their lives around, you know. So I wrote, Um, or I published Daughters of Feminism, to try to do that as an inspirational book. I I wanted stories that would catch people's imagination about how we can can grow ourselves up and and that it's worth taking some risk and extending ourselves out in order to to move towards a vision that we want in the world for our our own lives. So I'm hopeful around individuals and I see you know, my work touching individuals here and there and, and them reporting to me that, that it's changed them. Um, I guess the communal is the rolling up of all the individuals, and I think that's a slower 
process. But I do note that sometimes things do seem to turn on a dime, you know. I think that with at the at the communal level, things can be getting ready to change and then suddenly there's a kind of a crystallization and and a, and a new idea spreads through the culture. I've been very encouraged by Jordan Peterson, the effect that uh, he's had, a Canadian academic who's become the world's leading public intellectual right now. And he's essentially saying a very healthy message about responsibility for young men and gender politics that is not accusatory. Um, so, you know, that it seems to me like there could be you know, we we could be getting closer to a to a sea change. I don't know. Well, you know, we've seen that in so many things. Let's just talk about science. Um, they say, well, uh, Ford invented the automobile, but actually, at the same time he invented his, various ones were invented at the same time all across the globe. And we've seen that again and again and again and again, where we read a, reach a, a cultural or scientific base, they call it in sociology, that then allows for this new breakthrough to happen in seemingly unrelated places. Uh, can it happen like that for this this shift into uh, balance? I hope so. I would I would love to see that. Um, but it, by its very nature, it's hard to anticipate. It's hard to predict. Well, I think it's so easy to look at everything falling apart and think it's a bad thing when indeed maybe structures need to fall first. Yeah, maybe so. You know, certainly th things need to get out of the way so that you can grow. And it, I guess we need to become aware of the of the darkness of the uh, downside of the existing before we become ready to embrace the new. Yeah, you have to look in the shadows before you can look in the light, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is the largest thing standing in the way of equality? That's a good question. I hadn't thought about it that way before. I think I think it's our our fear. A fear of, uh, I, I mean, I think that, who was it said this? Um, was it uh, Gandhi? But, uh, I don't know, but, that, you know, the thing that we fear the most is our own empowerment, is, is genuine, genuine um, empowerment. Uh, that's a scary thing, you know, to be actually free, to be actually responsible for our own choices. There's a lot of comfort in saying, well, you know, I'm the way I am because of all the things that happened to me. And that, yeah, that's such a huge thing. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. We say, we might understand. We've done some introspection. We know why we are what we are, but we don't take that next step to changing it. Do you think guilt plays a big piece in that? I think guilt plays a big piece for women. I think, uh, I think guilt is a real block for women. Um, I think because of their traditional moral power um, and the fact that it's founded in largely in a sense of innocence. And that's why there's all this clamor whenever we try to hold women accountable. There's, you know, there's a, a claim that that's blaming the victim. And um, we need to get, I think, I think that's the big challenge for women is, is, is guilt. But for men, I think it's different. Um, I think for men, it's the fear of weakness, the fear of failure, the fear of, you know, when we have compassion for men, for men to take that in and feel that they, um, that, that that's applicable, um, means that they are, uh, that we let them fail, um, let them, let them be weak. And, and, you know, the big, the big thing for men is to, well, I think Warren Farrell said it best. He said the, the, the weakness of of the the women's great strength is their facade of weakness, and men's great weakness is their facade of strength. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we need yeah. to put down these facades, and they're different for men and for women in general. Isn't that the truth? Coming from the truth of who we are is going to have to be the first step. Yeah. You know, you said something interesting, and I kind of stacked them here. Um, if we embrace gratitude, then yes. we agree upon a vision, and then we can take action together. Yes. Would you go into the, what that would look like? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I guess, no, I really don't know what that will look like. I, I actually try hard not to create 
a picture in my mind of what it should look like because I want to be open to what it might look like. Um, and I've, I fear getting stuck on a, it has to go this way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've actually resisted trying to tell myself what it will look like. Like, for instance, you know, there's a lot of focus on the notion that of what gender equality will look like in terms of outcomes. But I don't think we uh, that's a healthy place to go. You know, we've we spent too much time trying to manage outcomes to have as many women CEOs and as men and all that kind of thing. And basically, it's um, it undermines choice, you know women might not want those roles as much as men or might not feel the need for them or whatever. And the same with, uh, with childcare. I don't know if as many men as women will want that. I do. That's one of, one of the things that I feel like I missed in my life. But, you know, so, so in terms of outcomes, I don't know what real equality will look like. Uh, I focus on creating a level playing field and equality of opportunity and then let people go where they will. I love it. So being individuals rather than our gender, what is yeah. our personal vision? What is our personal preference? And finding those that are, are synergistic with that. Right. And and caring a lot that we not be tribal about it, that we be genuinely welcoming of others to take their place beside us and in an equal kind of a shuffling going on, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, I, 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 I think about dancing as a, you know, ballroom dancing as a metaphor for, for this, you know, we used to have this, this ballroom dancing was this like very scripted, very clear, you know, you had to learn all the steps and, uh, the guy was in the lead and the women followed, but his job was to make her look beautiful. And, um, well, and you know, we, we're going to have to dance together another time, David, uh, because it's hard to believe, but we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Golden. I've enjoyed it. Been a real pleasure. Our guest this hour has been author of Daughters of Feminism, David Shackleton. David is a thinker and writer on gender and physiological growth psychological growth. He's an editor and publisher of Canada's uh, Gender Equalism magazine, and uh, he has conferences across Canada. His website is genderhealing.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Wilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com 
or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.